there's a threat in the world today, a threat to our way of living, a threat to our society, and maybe even a threat to our very existence. And what is this threat? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. He is the one. I am. I am the ass. He is. And we are Black and White Sports. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. How am I not compound the best fight in the world? You tell me. Because you're retired? I mean, I want to see your face when you're asking this question, and the way you're going to ask it. Look a man in the eye before you try to kill him or make up something. He went, he went through my soul. And I'm not surprised. What is going on, BW Sports One World? It is us, and it is Taco Tuesday, powered by First Financial Bank, 317-417-8582. Call John today. Well, not right now because he's probably not there, but you call him tomorrow during business hours, 317-417-8582 for all of your banking essentials. Also, Mr. Rockstar Realtor himself, Mr. Sean Nugent, 317-503-8322. Buying or selling a home? Talk to Sean. Talk to Tucker today, 317-503-8322. Damon, what is going on? Season 5 is upon us. Oh, wait a minute. No. no. This is Season <laughs> 2 for Taco well. Tuesday. It's the Wrong season show. premiere. I know. I know. Could have been worse. Well, it, could have, it could have. It could have been my intro for Wednesday Night Live last week. Wow. You were on. So when location. I was editing, I was like, when I was editing, I started, I'm like, uh, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> you were not joking, my friend, when you said you botched it. <laughs> I, I was not prepared as prepared as I thought I was I was clearly not prepared I am not the intro man I am not <laughs> that guy I give you catchy phrases a little bit of info a little bit of insight and that's about it but if you want me to bring you in I better get somebody else it was good <laughs> Not really, but it, it no, will all go it with was it. not. It was really good. It'd be really bad. That's all right. Could have been worse itself. Anyway, what's going on, man? Nothing, man. Recovering from uh, a birthday, birthday weekend, weekend as you were recovering from your many hikes and bumper car extravaganzas in Tennessee. Uh, it wasn't supposed to be a bumper car. It was actually a uh, go-kart that I got bumped really hard in. Uh, at the end there, as you see the phone go flying out of my hands. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but um, that was new. It was pretty cool. Yeah, was crazy. I liked it. Uh, next time we do something like that, I think we should use the GoPro. I agree. It was at the cabin. <laughs> <laughs> so you thought about it, but then uh -huh. it was just like. I forgot it. Yeah, yep. it happens. I'm good with it. So, yes, uh, we are starting uh, season number two for Taco Tuesday. Taco uh, Tuesday! 
predominantly talking about football, uh, unless there is a um, breaking news that must be discussed. You'll get a lot of football talk on Taco Tuesday, which both of us uh, truly enjoy. Him, the player, me, the watcher. So it works very well for us. There you go. <laughs> so glad to see that you guys have uh, rejoined us for season two. Uh, we got some good stuff going for you today. We're going to hit a little bit of college. We're going to hit a little bit of uh, NFL. As you can see, I have control over the lights. Not really. The wife said I should brighten your life. So she turned on the spotlight. Ooh. But yeah, so all in all, that's what we got going on. There you go. There you go. Let's get into it. Okay, fine. So uh, let's start in the amateur. Collegiate. <laughs> uh, uh, dearest Roberta Gilbert, uh, we will discuss the atrocities that the Cowboys continue to put on the field in due time. But hold your horses. We'll discuss their debacle of an organization in due time. Yeah, I don't have much to say right now, but I do, oh, but I don't. I, I do. I have I have plenty to say. Oh, I have plenty to say. I just don't know if I'm on any level to speak it right now because I still can't win another game. No, listen, listen. As an Eagles fan or as a Giants fan or as a Washington Redskins fan or as a fan of anybody who truly hates the despicableness of the star on the side of the helmet of the Cowboys, um, rating. This is amazing. My team can be 0 and 39. And if the Cowboys is second, <laughs> but they can still say, hey, we're in first place. And then we can go to your Eagles. But we're supposed to be talking about college right now. Yep. College talk. College talk. All right. So, uh, first off, in the college news, well, it's the big weekend. The Big Ten joins the um, the pro or the pro, the Big Ten joins the college football scene, the FBS football scene as of Friday. First game will be Wisconsin and somebody. I, I can't tell you. I knew Minnesota. No, they play Michigan on Saturday. Western. Maybe, but I, I don't think it's going out names now. Yeah, I don't know. It's gone. It's gone. I had it. You know, and I said it is with Wisconsin. I mean, it doesn't really matter who they're playing. You just want to see uh, what type of offense, what type of running attack that Wisconsin is going to bring to uh, this year's Big Ten. Uh, we we know they're known for that. But um, there's a couple things that I look forward to looking at this opening weekend uh, for Big Ten play. One, uh, we'd have to go to the team that sits pretty at the top of the heap would be OSU. You know, it would be the first time we get to see uh, Justin Fields represent his march to the COVID-19 2020 Heisman Trophy um, Heisman Trophy ceremony or victory or whatever you want to call it. Uh, we've seen, we've seen um, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. Uh, light up uh, absolutely weak ACC 
but they look at numbers for that uh, quarterback award since there's been nobody other than a quarterback win it since, oh, God knows how long. But um, <clears throat> so we get to see him represent his side of the voting or or his skill set for going to the Heisman Trophy candidacy. Me personally, I think he has the easier road, even though we've already seen this nice set of uh, accolades from Trevor Lawrence because of the difficulty that he's going to have to go through in the Big Ten to come out to make that playoff. Trevor Lawrence, you guys are pretty much in it, which I did to Miami. Um, I don't really see Virginia Tech doing any much now. Um, Notre Dame is the last hope, which I think they got a better than 73 to 7 chance. But maybe it's going to look pretty bad. You only put 12 points up against uh, Louisville. That's uh, not saying much. Now, I no. will say, uh, hold no, on now. No. I was going to say, Louisville's not a bad team. However, you're number four at the time. You got to do better than 12 points. You got to score a touchdown. You couldn't score a touchdown. With the five-year senior. Just saying. I don't know. Not, not a five-year transfer. A five-year in the program senior. Yep. You know what I mean? Should be their biggest asset, but I think it's one of their biggest deficiencies. And the lack of being able to recruit a quarterback at Notre Dame, I think, is keeping them from being on that positive edge of repeated uh, success and repeated talk in the, in, in the college football playoff conversation. And I feel that's the same issue with Michigan as well. It's quarterback play. Until you can until you can pull that type of quarterback to run these new systems, you're going to have these struggles because you're going to have to be able to read coverages and be able to use your feet. And neither one of our schools have displayed the proper recruitment of that position to be successful. I agree wholeheartedly. And you know how I feel about Brian Kelly. It's still very skeptical. He's, he still walks a very thin line with me. You know, it is what it is. I'll talk about a little bit more on Notre Dame here in a little bit when we get to the rankings. So I'll leave it at that for right now. Oh, that's hot. Uh, she done put the the broadcast that we're doing on the TV. That's pretty hot. I feel there like you I'm, go. I feel like I'm on uh, one of them shows that people subscribe to. Oh, they do. <laughs> oh, but real quick. Before we get really into our conversation, we want to make sure we send our shout-outs, our congratulations, congratulations, our yo man, or whatever you want to do to our brothers, Tommy Boy and Howdy over at Checkers and Records. Yesterday Damn. evening, they hit the 10K follower mark. That is absolutely outstanding. I'm glad to be on that the outskirts part of your success. <laughs> well, you, know, you are you the Brad Doherty, man. You are the Brad Doherty. I mean, you guys are doing a phenomenal job over there, and it's and it's awesome to see that we got that many people that are not just locally, but that are spread out that really love to uh, hear you guys break down the racing across the board. Excellent job, kudos. Ah, 
And there's a lot more in store coming up soon. There you go. <laughs> All right. Back to football. So we're finishing up the Big Ten. Um, it's pretty nice to see them back. Um, I think they've had time to uh, sit back and watch how the two conference, the, where the, ma- the two major conferences that are competing right now are I mean, three, I guess you could say three, but who's um, really counting the Big 12? Yeah, but, another talk <laughs> that I'll have here set here in a little bit when we talk about the rankings. Yeah, so um, between we're sitting back and being able to watch the Pac-12 as well have this advantage, being able to sit back and see how things are playing out, how teams are approaching uh, different breakouts, uh, belief breakouts, true breakouts, and how the NCAA and these conferences are handling it. Mm-hmm. So I think they got a leg up to be able to approach things a little differently or try to approach things different than what we've already seen. But the negative about it is neither one of these conferences have any wiggle room for any setbacks. You know what I mean? With the Big Ten, it is eight games, eight weeks. And it, it, and it finishes the day before uh the uh the committee gets together to pick the 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 playoffs so i mean i hope they got this figured out i think it's going to play a major part in deciding who comes out of the big 10 and i mean i know you'd like to think that the field is going to decide the play on the field is going to decide who comes out i do not i think the response of a COVID breakout is going to decide who is going to um, make the playoff out of the Big Ten. Who is best equipped? Who has made those uh, winning, those championship winning moves to protect their football team? I agree with you on that. It's it's unfortunate, you know, that we have to have this discussion or, you know, the discussion is anywhere right now in sports. But, uh, I mean, not just sports, obviously. It's more, you know what I'm getting at. But we're talking about sports right now, so uh, I don't, I don't see how every team in the Big Ten, let alone going forward in the NCAA, doesn't have a setback. And like you said, there is no room for error with the Big Ten coming in in their schedule because if they miss a game, that could throw something off widely. If Ohio State goes in and all of a sudden has to take a week off, regardless, you know, there still may be a team out there that's undefeated in the in the Big Ten and played in – they get the nod over OSU because of that week off. I don't know. There is no room for error. They don't have a, a bye week. There's eight straight weeks of football. You know, and I'm fine with that. I don't understand the bye week where you, you you play two games and you're off week and then you play three more games and you're off week. Now, not every team does that. I, I Obviously, I know that. But there's a lot of teams like you look at Notre Dame and they've had two or three bye weeks through the season. It's like, oh, man, especially when you're independent. But talking about the Big Ten, you know, like I said, if Ohio State or um, if Michigan or Wisconsin has a Penn State, has a setback that could throw their season out. Well, we've already got a setback for a couple teams. Uh, we start with Purdue. Purdue's head coach is not going to be there for their first game. Um, no one is expecting Purdue to be that good in the uh, Big Ten West or in the Big Ten overall. 
Um, probably would be, you know, right around a 500 team, maybe make a, a low-level bowl game, depending on if they have bowls at all. I mean, this this upcoming season. We haven't even explored that conversation yet. You know what I mean? That's big money for college football and endorsements and sponsorships. Mm-hmm. If you don't have these ridiculous bowls, then, you know what I mean, a lot of schools are going to lose a whole lot of money. So um, I guess we'll figure that out as we go along in this this pandemic that the numbers in 40 states are continuing to rise as these same states are continuing to open up more. So um, my next comment was going to be very bad, so I'm going to slide on by it. (laughs) But, yes, so... um, Probably a good thing because (laughs) you had some oopsies. It was going to be a good one, so I'm going to let that one go. But... uh, so, yeah, um, I'm anxious to see it, you know, uh, for the game standpoint. I'm anxious to see how Justin Fields looks stepping out uh, quite early. They don't have a, a really difficult opponent to go at, so it would be nice to see him throw some numbers. We got one ranked game going on. We got Michigan and Minnesota. Both of those games look to be pretty good. Penn State was supposed uh, to be pretty as preseason ranked as you got when we go through the, the top ten here in a second. Um, they've had their setback, their running back, their uh, top guy is out for the season uh, for some unknown health reasons that occurred that it won't allow him to play football. I don't think it has anything to do with COVID. I think when they said something like that, it might they might have found a murmur or some type of health Blood deficiency or something. Like or, or something. So um, that's going to be a big hit to Penn State. I still think they'll be a very, very good team, but without him, there'll be hard effects for them to continue to stay in that, uh, that, that, that championship mentality, or I mean, that championship goal, uh, and even get out of the Big Ten. So uh, that's going to hurt. And speaking with the, <laughs> and speaking with the uh, the COVID issues that we continue to talk about in college football, you know, we had our first potential major scare. You know, man, what if this does happen in the Big Ten or the Pac-12 with Oregon or Ohio State or Penn State or Wisconsin or whatever, you know what I'm saying? You had Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got lucky. I mean, Alabama got lucky. I mean, I don't think it would have been a difference of the outcome of that game because of the ass-whooping that Alabama put on Georgia. Man, didn't <laughs> but, I mean, that's your first scare. You know, how – I mean, you say that those kids are prepared, but – Nick Saban is a whole different type of coach. And if he's not there, does Sarkeesian have those guys playing the way that they did? Does Sarkeesian have those guys shutting out Georgia in the second half? You know what I mean? we In the first half, it's like, oh, okay, maybe eh, a little bit. No, second half, this game is over with. Zero points given up. They just dominated the number three team in the country. It was, I mean, it was really like, a very, very excellent varsity. And looking at the tool. start of the game, I'm, I'm not meaning to cut you off, but just looking at the highlight right here, one of the first plays of the game is picked off by Georgia. So you're mm-hmm. thinking, okay, wow. And then, you know, you, their their tackle goes down. I don't know how bad he was hurt, but, you know, their tackle goes down. So you're thinking if you're Georgia, it's like, man, okay. You know, unfortunate incidents on, on somebody getting hurt on the other team. 
But defense-wise, man, we got a first pick, and we're not even 10 sec- or 15 seconds into this game. Then, 30 seconds later, this happens. Alabama gets the <laughs> ball back. Now you start to see what really goes on, and it was a continuous thing through the whole game that Alabama just literally dominated a Georgia defense that was supposed to be very, very talented. Hey, listen, this Georgia defense is very talented, but you can only be good so much as their offense puts you in opportunities to be talented. I mean, even in the NFL, you see it. As good as my Pittsburgh Steelers defense is, when you continue to get put in negative situations, your defense is going to break. It is going to break. And that's what happened. Their offense put them in terrible situations where their defense could not keep up with an electrifying Alabama offense. You know what I mean? And we had a conversation a couple weeks ago while we I keep putting Alabama up here. This is why we keep putting Alabama in. I was high on Georgia, but I wasn't ready to put Georgia above Alabama. Well, you, you know, know what I mean? Was. You're, you're high on Florida, but it's watching this performance. I guarantee you, you're not putting Florida above uh, Alabama. No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, once again, we're talking about Alabama dominating the most difficult conference in all of college football. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, like I said, man, I thought Georgia was going to bring it way more than they did. I think the I think the final score looks a little sketchy to how the game, the mo- the the overall the game was going. But still, I mean, the score is the score. Does that make sense to you? You know what I'm trying to say there? Yeah, I know what you're trying okay. to say. The score didn't reflect the, the true dominance of that. Um, performance on the field by Alabama, just like you could say, even the 73 to seven victory that that Clemson had over Georgia Tech, that score still didn't reflect the true dominance that, you know what I mean? I'll put it this way. If Trevor Lawrence plays the second half, they put up 100 points on an ACC Power Five conference football team. That's if Trevor Lawrence plays the second half. You know, they played their, I mean, their third red third quarterback. Oh, yeah. They had freshmen on on the field. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was like the whole, like the fourth quarter was all freshmen. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, (laughs) Like, if I was a Georgia Tech president and athletic director, we need to reevaluate. Uh, our vision as a football program. Uh, yeah, because that was a little rough. That was slightly rough. That <laughs> <It> was terrible. <laughs> All right, so um, a little good news in the college football world uh, for one school, but not so much for the other school. Um, the University of Kentucky wins for the first time in 37 years in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. It's about time is what they're saying down in Lexington. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. I think Kentucky is better. I think Kentucky is who what we thought they were. 
I think they're a better – you like that? I think that they are a better football team than a lot of people are giving them credit for. Now, you've seen them play over the past few years, and you have noticed you know, a, an obvious upshift uh, in positive football playing down in Lexington, but they still have that, that hiccup. Now, however, they're going into Rocky Top, and they knock off Tennessee – is it Kentucky is as good as what we thought they were, or is Tennessee way worse than what they thought they were? Um, what I like for you to explain to me, who did you think Kentucky was? <laughs> they are who you thought you were, because I'm going to let you know. I guess I agree with you. Kentucky has been on the upswing uh, the last few few seasons in college football. They've had some pretty big wins. They've been ranked a couple of times, obviously, with the running back that is currently uh, backing up my running back in Pittsburgh with uh, Tony Snell. Not Tony Snell, because he plays for the – Benny Snell. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Snell plays in the NBA. But uh, Benny Snell, he actually plays for the Steelers this year. You know I mean? They've had a really good uprise in that program. But in the SEC, I'm going to tell you, I was not thinking about – either one of these two teams be in any part of any conversation on either side of the SEC? No, but I think that Kentucky should be getting more props than Tennessee does. And I think Tennessee, for some reason, is getting way more props before this game than Kentucky was. Not just well, in their ranking, I mean just overall. Well, when you have a better recruiting class the last three years and – you, um, your offense is rated a little higher. You have a couple more five-star athletes across the board. You will, you would think that. But uh, the Tennessee program has been lacking a true leader, a true, um, um, off, I mean, a true identity, and what they their their progress or what their their goals or their forward movement is for their program. So. They're going to always get a little bit of extra look because they are Tennessee. It is Rocky Top. They do have a tradition, but other they are than who that, they thought they were. But other than that, I still see a team searching for an identity, searching for a goal to look forward to. And in the SEC, that's not the conference to be still trying to search for an identity because then you'll end up with the Vanderbilts and the Missouris and. Um, occasionally the Kentuckys, you're at the bottom of the pile. I agree. But like I said, I think that I have thought this for the past few years that Kentucky should be getting more credit than what they have. Now, I'm not saying that they should be talking at the end of the season, oh, they're going to be, you know, at the, the top three of the of the conference. No, by any means, they're way out of that. But I think they're mid-tier now. Man, yeah, I can give them – I can give them um, – I can say middle, middle, mid tier. So you give them the 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 Auburn, South Carolina. You know what I mean? That yeah. that range, roughly, maybe roughly. right after those. Okay. <laughs> maybe right after those. All right, I'm good with it. Um, and last, um, with a little bit of the the conversation pieces, um. Really, why was North Carolina ranked? I'll, I'll put it this way. If the Big Ten was playing, some of these schools as in this top ten or in this conversation would not be where they are. 
I wholeheartedly agree with you, however. However, they are not playing, so they are not at those positions. And so this is where we get a number five ranked North Carolina Matt Brown-led Tar Heel football team. This trending up. This is also why you should not have rankings in college football until at least after this past week. Week six, bring it on. Before that, drop it. Yeah, but I would say that in regular, especially regular non-COVID, there's going to be four, five, six other teams easily that's up there from the Big Ten and all this that just knocked them completely out. I totally understand that. But still, man, there is no reason after watching them take that whooping over the weekend. And I do not understand how they are favorites against NC State this week. They're favorites because it's a, it's a very good football team. You know what I mean? I think, so they're, I think, I, I think they're on the rise. I think they're, they're trending over. Mac Brown has brought in a very uh, disciplined new style of leadership to the Tar Heels. It's not ready to compete with the basketball team, but, you know, gaining ground to get a little a little football say. <clears throat> uh, they put up some couple good games the last couple years. They got a couple recruits. Their quarterback is going to be an NFL player. He's going to play on Sundays. But the thing is, is they're not ready to be in that top five, top ten type caliber football team yet. You know, Florida State, you know, right now is a football team that's lost. Go one on. week, one <laughs> week they'll give you some exciting football like that. Miami game was like, hey man, Florida State might be a little better than what we thought they go. And then they give you next week some, you know, trash. You know what I mean, and then you come out and dominate um a top five, or I say be personally a top 15 football team, and you dominate them in the way you do. But the deficiencies of Florida State still showed up, and the the goodness and the trending upwardness of North Carolina still showed up as they were able to damn near win the game at the end. So you see that they have that stoppability on defense and that explosion on offense. They just couldn't put it back all together in enough time to come back for the win. So um, that's why they're still favored over NC State. Uh, I don't believe that they should be. NC State's going to be a better team. Um, NC State has also been in that same talk, man. They're they're in that in that same tier area in the conference in the in in that whole league. I mean, they're they, they push every year, and they they're going to give these bigger teams. And I'm not saying not necessarily North Carolina is a bigger, a huge team, a huge difference in, in NC State. But I don't. I myself don't believe that North Carolina should be favored by seven and a half. I think it is over NC State. Well, you got seventeen. That's what I meant. Seventeen. Oh, okay. Now I don't agree about the seventeen point differential in that um, North Carolina. North Carolina State is traditionally a better um, football program than North Carolina, but North Unless Carolina I'm State has really. Unless and I'm missing Carolina, an injury, I don't know. But North Carolina State hadn't really been shit on the football side since Russell left. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, I I trust more North Carolina in this game than I do um, 
North Carolina State as in a victory standpoint. But if I was a betting man, I'd have to take them points, man. There's no way they're going to beat them by 17. No, I'll take the points. You bet your ass I'm dropping money on that one. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll put about two, three dollars on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's inflation. It's a pandemic. Shit hard. Safe. Right. Hard. Right. <laughs> No, so um, all right, let's run down the top ten real quick for this upcoming week. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that this is going to change dramatically after you see the um, addition of the Big Ten into these rankings after this uh, first weekend of football. So, um, <clears throat> um, at the ten, starting at ten, uh, we got Florida starting at ten going up. Should not started be. team going up. Should not Florida be. should be. Nope. Okay. So started team going up. We got we'll talk about it real quick. Let's go through it real quick and then we'll come back in in our points. Yep. Got it? Yep. Got it. Good. Uh team Florida, Cincinnati, Penn State, Texas nope. AM, nope. Oklahoma State, eh. um, OSU, Georgia, mm. Notre Dame, nope. Alabama, and yep. Clemson at yep. the top. One and two, I definitely agree with. One and two, hands down, Clemson, Alabama, one and two right now. The only reason I think Georgia dropped to four instead of three and left Notre Dame at four is because of the whooping they took by Alabama. If it was a close game, I don't see the top four changing at all. It wasn't a close game. They dropped behind Notre Dame. See, here's my problem with that. I don't think Georgia should be in the top five at all because you were at number three. So you lose to number two like you were outside of the top ten. So you should at least be towards the bottom of the top ten. When was the last time you've seen a number two, I mean a number three, get their ass beat by number one or number two and only drop one spot? Now, I get it. Um, OSU had, I mean, yeah, OSU has not played. Um, whatsoever, but it at this point it really shouldn't matter the way Georgia got spanked all over the goddamn football field. I'm agreeing with that, but you know my stance on the hey. Ohio State and the Penn State because they haven't played, they shouldn't be there, and I see that. But you hey, know what? That's fine. I'm not. But you know what? My where's Miami? And I mean, and that's where I'm going with Miami. They're like eleven in it at all. They're like eleven, twelfth, and thirteen somewhere in there. Why aren't they in the top ten? Hey, and listen, I feel why didn't, you, and I'm just gonna say it. Why isn't BYU in the top ten? They're undefeated. BYU is, is not gonna be in the top ten because hey. they're scrapping games together against nobodies that nobody is getting any top. It don't matter if you win them or not. They're not giving you it. That's like uh Notre Dame being independent as they are, they were smart. They had allegiance with a conference would allow them to be able to compete. BYU is out here playing. Uh, shit teams is just trying to get together just so their kids can play football. They're not going to get any respect from any panel of anybody because they're not playing anybody. I can Period. See, I, I can <laughs> see that one. I can see that one. But, I, I, you know, Oklahoma State. But that's uh, what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with you on this. Going with your, your thinking of this, still Georgia shouldn't be in the top five. No, I, okay, no, I'm agreeing with you. Okay, I'll go with that. I'm you know what I mean? Just, I mean, you got Notre Dame, 
you got Oklahoma State, you got Texas A&M, you know I me, mean? really, I don't understand this jump four spots either, but they had to jump the four spots for on your thinking that these guys haven't played. No, so they I didn't gotta put because, you above West no, they didn't I gotta, because Miami should be above them. Miami should be in the top five right now. According to if if we're talking about not playing not team the teams that have not played yet, the and the teams that have lost or the teams that have, have won but lost a game here. Texas AM's only loss came to Alabama, but it was a ass whooping. Okay. Well, I mean Miami got blanked by uh Clemson. Okay. So why is Texas AM <laughs> in there? Think about that. Clemson's they number lost one. First. I guess they Clemson's, no, Clemson's number one. <laughs> Alabama's number two. Clemson beats Miami. Miami's not in the top ten. Texas A&M gets their ass stunk by Alabama, but it's top. It's number what seven? I I don't get their thinking. All right. So now this again goes to you know who's making these polls, who's doing this voting, because this is a, a situation that we've had every single year about these rankings. <laughs> every time. You know, how you put a, a 13-1 to team, you know, ahead of a 22 and old team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, let them get their but, ass beat. But, I mean, here's yeah. My I mean, here's my opinion. If you're, go, if you're going, uh, you know, if I go 13-0 and 0 and I'm not in a big conference or whatever, and I think I should be. If I go thirteen and zero for three straight years, and I'm not in the conference, I got a problem with that. Or not in the in the playoffs, I got a problem with that. If I do get in there and I get my ass beat, at least it should humble me and be like, okay, maybe I am not ready for that yet. Well, I guess it depends on where your thirteen and zero is. If you're thirteen and zero in the Mountain West, bro, you're not getting in over eleven and one SEC team. You know, well, let me take that back. You're not getting in over a 10 and 2 SEC team and a 11 and 1 Big Ten teams. I could see, yeah, I could see that definitely happen, something like that. It's not going down. <laughs> not going down. Uh, I could definitely see something like that going on. Uh, but, you know, like, like a team like Cincinnati. When the Big Ten and the Pac 12 jump back in, this is going to affect their football team really big because of the conference that they're playing in and you're only subjected to play the teams in your conference that that uh, what is it american athletic conference not very good there's only a couple teams in there not enough to compete with those low-level teams up in the big 10 or the acc or the the big 12 or the sec you know what i mean so um, the better thing for those schools like Cincinnati or BYU is for these Pac-12 and Big Ten schools not to even get involved. You know what I mean? That's the only way. Because uh, if they continue to get involved, it's not going to work well for them. I agree. I agree. All right. So I guess it is time to move into our commercial break. Great timing. Um, I mean, <laughs> As I'm clicking on it, I'm saying it like, yeah, we just had to get past that last statement I so know. we can get on out of here, dog. All right. Station identification heading your way now. 
What is up, everybody? It is your boy, the ass for black and white sports. And let me talk to you about a little banking. First financial bank in John Wayne Buzzard. That's right, folks. The official bank of BW Sports One for all of your banking needs, whether it be savings, checking, mortgage loans, small business loans, and everything else under the sun. First Financial Bank and John Wayne Buzzard is where we go. Call that man, 317-417-8582. That's 317-417-8582. Or email him at john.buzzard at bankatfirst.com. That's right. First Financial Bank, the official bank of BW Sports 1. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the ass from Black and White Sports. And I am looking to buy or sell a home. I know who I'm going to call. And that's Sean Nugent, a.k.a. BW Sports One's rock star realtor. That's right, folks. Sean Nugent is the man you need to talk to if you're looking for your dream home or looking to just downsize or anything in between when it comes to your new house. Call Sean, 317-503-8322. That's 317-503-8322. Or email him, Sean.Nugent at TalkToTucker.com. You want to talk to Tucker? Talk to Sean Nugent, BW Sports One's rock star realtor. There you go. And we got a little... uh we got a little action going on over at CWTV right now. That's right, Tommy Boy, Mr. Tom Racker, Tommy Checker, a.k.a. Sean. Doing a little <laughs> broadcasting right now over at CWTV. Uh... Looks like we got the mods out there, the SK Modifieds or the Tour Mods. Look like there's a caution on the trackers at the pace. No, there was a caution. I was uh, watching it unfold as we were on break. Little wreckage action that we just missed. That's nice. So we've gotten the amateurs done. Let's go to these pros. I mean, it was a really good weekend in football. Thank you. And the pros. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I mean, let's start off with it, man. Let's start off with some news. I mean, um, are, are, I hear him to talk. Are the Packers overrated? I mean, it's the beginning of the season. I mean, it's one loss. Is this overrated talk just a, a little premature? Uh, yeah, because I don't see how just because they lose one game, okay? Remember, we are talking about Tampa Bay. We're not just talking about Tom Brady and the offense here, folks. We're talking about one of the damn good defense in the NFL being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. I mean, that's one. Two, you're playing at home, but you don't have that crowd help. You don't have that. It's that COVID. It's that COVID-itis, you know? They don't have the Lambeau Field feeling. With the crowd fully there. Uh, they were in Tampa that, Bay, buddy. Uh, yeah, they were, weren't they? So they're <laughs> they're away. Threw me off. Hold on here. You're right. They don't have that. Well, they stay. They're away. They don't have that Lambo feel. <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
I mean, I just wanted to stop you before you really got into your uh, whole. You really should have stopped off. me earlier, then. <laughs> I just, I, I just caught it because I keep forgetting that she left the uh, our broadcast up on the TV. So I keep catching, I mean, your mug on the big screen and it's throwing me off. It looks good, <laughs> don't it? Ha, ha, ha. No, we look great on TV. I bet I know. I watch this every night on TV. Live. <laughs> I mean, we should be on TV. This on two TV, actually. On two. Uh, look at me. Yes, I'm still looking. To, I guess I'm going to a pawn shop this week. To find Still my looking third, for a third, huh? Third monitor, yeah. There you go. So right. I want to get, you know, oh, Ooh, don't do that again. Okay, I will <laughs> not. All right. So, but anyway, I agree. I think it's uh, very premature for the negative Aaron Rodgers talk. You know, what I mean, I mean, no one expected any team this year to go um, undefeated. Mm-hmm. He was going to lose at some point in time. It wasn't like you were playing the GOAT or a top five defense in the NFL right now. You got great pressure off the off the edges, good solid run stop up the middle with a Donovan Sue, and you got good secondary. So it's a very good defense. And you got Tom Brady um playing, you know, outstanding football right now, you know, as you know, I predicted, you know, what I mean, I, I expected them to be right on track, right where they are. And as soon as he gets comfortable, as soon as he starts to learn Arison, Arison starts to learn him. They basically just got their preseason out of the way. And now that Gronk, as you can see, we got this this note here. Now that we got Gronk starting to assert himself as a factor in this offense, I mean, this it slice up. I mean, LaShawn McCoy is sprinkled in. In the office being being very well productive and you can't you don't have to use him as a full load so he because he's not durable so you get to sprinkle hill in in and there you got the receivers coming back healthy i mean this is going to be a really difficult team to stop it i is. mean he's going to and he's going to have another um field advantage because well, he also, like he, he got the chemistry yeah I mean, he has another field advantage like he had in New England. People couldn't go up there and adjust to the cold and play there. You know, we're going to have the same thing down in Tampa Bay. You know, players is coming from these these extreme climates. Ooh-wee, we got this sun, son. It's like going down to play in Miami. It's a wrap, man. You go to Miami, you're damn near ready to lose. <laughs> and I don't know if it's from all the drugs you did the night before the game. The partying you're going to think about after the game or what's going on, but it is humid down there. The singerita. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can go with you can go with humidity. Yes, the drinks will sweat. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so um, uh, that takes care of that. Uh, but here's a here's a, a topical subject for you. A topical um, subject, folks. It's a topical subject. (laughs) So um, a conversation that I guess we're going to have to have, you know, being the football minds that we are. If you're getting Um, ready to talk the AFC, jump to the NFC one you got right underneath it so we can tie the next three into each other. Okay. Um, 
I know you're dying to talk to AFC right now, but let's just the don't Bears. The, I, I like your transitioning there. I should have noticed that because you want probably wanted to link all those together. Way to go. Good editing there, uh, my good man. I so yeah, we we can talk about the Bears, man. I want to talk about the Bears. I mean, I don't I don't think I gave the Bears the respect that they are playing with. You know, my whole focus was on the quarterback controversy that, frankly, I'm still not quite sure why the switch was made because they were still above 500 when they made the switch. I mean, and and if you really look at it, the quarterback numbers themselves aren't that different. I think it's more morale, uh, more belief, more confidence with the Nick Foles-led Chicago team than the Mr. Trubisky-led uh, Chicago Bears football team. We both know that the defense was was really good. It's supposed to be really good, but we never really expected the offense to play up to the level that the defense is playing, and this is what you get when you have it. So let alone control of the uh, NFC North threat to the Packers, the NFC needs to really be on alert. That's with this Chicago Bear football team. The weather's going to get cold, and you have to go into Soldier Field, bro. It's not an easy place to play. I'm agreeing with you wholeheartedly. Um, the defense has been stout. Like you said, we both um, knew that defense of the Bears was going to be there. It was the offense that was skeptical. But you also seen, you mentioned the morale. Um, when Nick Foles went in to Trubisky going out, the kind of same concept happened just three years ago in Philadelphia. You know, you got your your eleven and you know eleven and two or whatever you are at the time. Uh, Wins gets hurt, he's out for the rest of the season. You got Nick Foles goes in there, and all of a sudden, it looked like an energized, uh, energized program overall. Can you see this? The problem, the thing I'm asking myself is, is this, can this, will this last a full season? Or what will happen? You know, obviously injuries are going to be, the, the injuries are injuries. You got to deal with it. You live with it. You move on. You put the next player in, blah, blah, blah. But going forward, knowing Foles' history, knowing Foles' career stats and what's happened and all that take out the injuries at all he's never been a full season consistent quarterback now am i saying that he's bad no not at all am i saying he has to stay consistent this year with the offense going the way it is right now to to continue that and fight for a division that i did not see them fighting for I think that, you know, he has full potential of it as long as the line keeps him healthy, as long as he try, he stays as healthy as possible, um, and the team still builds around him. I mean, I'm not saying uh, morale-wise, not necessarily player-wise, but morale-wise, like you said, and I agree with you, you see a difference in depending on who's there. Huh, that's odd. Our stream is unavailable on YouTube now. Hmm. I don't know. It, it just went off. I don't know. I don't either. I don't but know. anyway, so but that don't stop us because we keep going forward. <laughs> 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 
Hey, um, I'm not counting out the Bears any longer. I am no longer negatively speaking uh, Bears talk. I might not pick them every game um, here on out, but I am going to pick them more. Uh, that's about all I can say. They've earned my, hey, I need to pay attention to them. And plus, my guy keeps texting me, uh, what about them damn Bears? <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get on into the AFC. So, now um, is your time. Top team in the AFC. After the epic display of running dominance by the defending champs, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs last night, or the 200 yards on the ground rushing attack by the Titans, or the run-stifling defense and assertive uh, Ben Roethlisberger-led Pittsburgh Steelers. Who's top of the AFC right now, bro? Well, I'm going to read off the exact wording I put in the notes. My opinion right now, it is a three-way tie at the moment. At the moment. And then you drop down to where it says tie this into the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Who had the better weekend? I'm going to say it was a tie there, too, because, I mean, Pittsburgh knocked off a a division division rival, majorly, handed it. You know, here it is. Here's your ass whooping. Uh, You know, Tennessee did it the same thing, regardless if that team is supposedly good or not. They went in, they were down, they had to pick themselves up, and they followed through with the division rival, finished it out. Derrick Henry, badass. He's like, uh, I'm going to start calling uh, Henry like, uh, uh, what was Marshawn? Beast Mode 2.0, because that dude is a beast. Yeah, I think he he plays to me, Henry to me is like a, He's like a, a, a Adrian Peterson cyborg. Ooh. You know, what I mean, he's got he's still a tall, big back, but he has an extra burst of speed, a little more than what AP had. Um, he's still explode. I mean, he's still strong and um, hard. You can't arm tackling. It's hard to bring him down, even when you hit him in the hole. But when he gets to the outside or he gets to that that third level of the defense, he's got wide receiver speed. You know what I mean? Like Adrian Peterson, you know, he had extreme running back speed. But um, Henry has he has wide receiver speed. So if he hits the outside, it's a it's a done deal. And it's it's <clears throat> it's amazing, you know, the how dominant they were on on that part of the offense. And I mean, I don't want to get too in depth in talking about Tennessee right now because, you know, they have some, some intricacies in our picks later on in the week. But I mean, this football team is exciting and this game is going to make sure that those two teams are going to be at the top of the AFC. I do like, you know, the chiefs, but the Chiefs have a loss right now, and the Chiefs have a, a, a an obvious an obvious um, deficiency that their offense completely um, outweighs. 
Now, um, I don't know if a whole bunch of teams could run that type of scheme that New England tried but didn't have the personnel that Los Angeles, I mean, not Los Angeles, that Las Vegas uh, did have and completed and got the win. Defense, they they struggle, but their offense is so great, their defense is put in better situations than most bad defenses are. Um, so coming up against one of those other two teams that play really good defense, I think they have a chance to win. You know what I mean? Like you laughed at me when I said, you know, if Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh puts up 21, 19 to 21 points, it's going to be really hard to beat that defense. I mean, you saying I laughed at you, it's funny that I'm the one who picked your team to win the division. Hey, man. I don't, I don't want to be all like my team, my team, my team. I try to look at the numbers, the way they set, you know, how it looks coming in, all the question marks, how Baltimore finished, you know what I mean, all their upsides, you know. Hey, I didn't say I had a lack of faith in my team, you know, <laughs> as a – we do this as somewhat a non-biased conversation, so I looked at it that way. But so let's believe, let's believe I'm over there, you know, having to having to pick this is the last undefeated matchup of the season. Yeah, it's gonna be a good game. So who do you think wins that one? Uh we'll talk about that later. <laughs> that was a yes, episode. you already know. <laughs> Next uh Ron Rivera. Yes. On the two point conversion, uh yes or no. Every time. Like I that. agree. Watch. Hold on. I'm going to show you something that I don't understand why this wasn't called at all. But watch the screen, folks. You see uh, – who is it? It's, I believe it's the, uh, the running back that comes out of the backfield. Okay? He's not blocking. He's on a, he's on a passing route. Watch what happens to this guy right here, okay? I wish I had the uh, the pin, the note pin, and all that. I got one. <laughs> uh, I don't know where it is though. Right there. Okay. Did you see? Uh uh Where's the cursor? Okay. So. All right. Right here. This uh -huh. guy's on the ground. Watch this again. Let's back it up a little bit. Okay. This is where they scored the touchdown. Watch it real close. Watch the running back come out of the backfield right now. Is that or is that not a passing route that should have been deemed interference? And in the what? ball, what do you mean for what? Count the yards. Is it within five it yards? Matter. Yeah, no, it does. At the, no, it doesn't. They're at the goal line. Okay. At, All right. It does not matter at five yards. Now, when you're coming in a route, and the goal line is within two, I mean that, that's irrelevant at that point. How is that not called? I mean, I guess, the, I guess the Cowboys got the same issue on that pass, that non-pass interference. Well, I mean, they got their ass whooped anyway, so. Yeah, but it's still a pass interference. <laughs> okay, we'll call the pass interference. Okay, so you, so you may score again, but what I'm saying. Regardless if, if that didn't happen or not, I'm calling 
go for two and win this damn game as much as possible. You're playing I, an NFC East rival. Um, I'm looking at this a whole nother angle. Imagine but that. my end result is still, yes, you go for it. Okay, I'm looking at it from this angle whatsoever, this angle here. Nothing to do with the actual football uh, concept, the lack of a call, if it was a call or whatever. Nothing to do with that. I'm solely based off going on the mental aspect of that call. All right, I want you, I am a new coach. We got tons of controversy the last six months of our organization. People are downing and looking at and scrutinize every single decision that we make on this football team, um, according to starter, who we put in, who gets hurt, who's the coach, who's the owner, whatever. I am trying to change the culture and the mentality of this losing football organization. So if I start to instill pride, belief, and confidence in my football team, then they're going to start to instill that belief and that confidence in me as a runner of this football team. Regardless if they make the two-point conversion or not, he believed that his football team could do it, and that's going to go 100 times forward for the players. I agree. I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I don't see really there wasn't any different angle that we went. I was just pointing out that there was a botched call that could possibly help them out on that. But regardless, I agree wholeheartedly with you that that helps the morale. We was talking about earlier with the different team. That helps that morale, especially with your, your, your coach going through chemotherapy or radi radiation or whatever treatment you're going through right now. Uh, for a a you know a terrible issue uh, that you're dealing with, but you're showing your players, hey man, I'm here for you. I wanted to get you this win. Let's go get it. Agree wholeheartedly with the call. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, last before we go into our spotlight games, uh, the LJG head slap of the weekend. Wow. Um, it looks like we are in agreement on this particularly one because, as you stated, it makes no sense. None. I am put back. Um, I am displaced feelings wise, and this has nothing to do with either team that we like or any particular specific player that we like. Right. But this. Smack on the back of your dumbass head award goes to the front office and the head. Excuse me. Let it out. And the, yeah, and the head coaching staff of the Miami Dolphins. Okay. Um. What? What's the record right now? Aren't they like two what, and three, three and two, two, three? No, they're like three and two, four and two. No, they're they're not four and two. Well, six games. Play six games, right? We're going into week six. Play six games. But I already, th I think they already had their bye, so I think they're two and three, honestly. But no, they're no, they're winning because they're second in the AFC East. What is I that? Mean, not the AFC right East. Now? Not the AFC East. They're second in the AFC. What is that saying right now? I'm second in the NFC East, but you no, the AFC. You're second in the NFC. You're, you're second in the NFC East. They're second in the AFC. 
Miami is not second in the AFC. Overall. Okay, let's go. Let's go look at the article because uh, I mean, how these could notes. that be? Because you have because you have Steelers that are undefeated. You have Listen. Tennessee that's undefeated. You have the Chiefs that's only lost one game. You got the Raiders well, that they're are tied. They're tied at one when they're un, when they're both undefeated. There's not a one or two. They're both tied at one. Are you looking at power rankings? I'm just looking at what the damn ESPN said from the article. I don't trust them people. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless of the fact, they're they are a winning football team. They're they're above five hundred. They're winning football games. They're on a two game winning streak. If I'm not incorrect, Fitzpatrick has fifteen hundred passing yards in six games. Yeah, they played six games in fifteen hundred. He's at fifteen hundred yards passing in six games. He's got twelve total touchdowns and. Why again are you putting in to a tall pile a little longer? I ain't got I, nothing against the kid. I don't. I think you'll be a very good quarterback. But if your interest is winning football games, why are you putting in the rookie as your starter when you only saw him for a quarter against a low, a losing, sucky ass Jets team? I am not disagreeing with you one bit. I do not understand it. I don't know. Are you are you trying to fuck over your football team? I uh, that's I just do not understand it. I, there is no reason for it. Nothing justifies it at all. I mean, at all, nothing, nothing. I'll say nothing I, I one more time. Nothing. I mean, is I don't I don't I don't know how to respond really to that because I don't I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, games is not for me to get. Maybe it's not. You know, maybe the analytics, you know, says that you should go for two or twelve by longer. Well, the, those whatever made that decision is an idiot. So, yeah. So there is your uh, smack you in the back of your dumbass head of the weekend. There you go. Team organization. Like, they should have draft picks taken away for this. They should have something because that was a <laughs> stupid move. Right. All right, so uh, let's get into our spotlight games. Let's roll. All right, so covering last week's, who were your surprise uh, players and teams? Uh, my surprise player, running back, Detroit Lions, DeAndre Swift. Dude had uh, – 14 or 15 carries for over 100 yards. Now, one of them I know was a 51-yard um, run play, but, you know, he's, he's averaging, you know, four yards a carry easily. And he's standing – he's starting to stand out in Detroit. I think that they got something definitely good um, in the future with their running back. Moving on to the team. The Dolphins, uh, <laughs> for the same reason we just talked about, not not uh, teams that I'm surprised in good ways. That was just I just it's wow. I, I'm speechless on how stupid that move seems to me. Yeah, I don't I don't have anything else to say about them. You know, timing, I was looking, timing. I was looking I so good. Good. I was feeling good about the Dolphins. You told me to feel good about the Dolphins. 
and then they do this. And then I would have said, hmm, told you so. I just, yeah, I don't get it, man. I just don't get it. I mean, this is not how I envisioned him when I said he'll be starting by week five. I figured they'd be 0 and 4. <laughs> right? Not, not, you know, not winning yeah, games. Not winning and, games. And doing it all, but um, I don't get it, man. I just I, lost. My surprise player is Ryan Tannehill, man. Listen, ever since Ryan Tannehill dispersed from the Dolphins and landed in Tennessee and taken, where is he now, Marcus Mariota, uh, the unmasked singer next uh, from Tennessee, Heisman uh, runner-up trophy dude. (laughs) Where is he? I don't know where he is. But Ryan Tannehill is – not in a elite quarterback conversation, but he is in a solid starting quarterback conversation. Yeah, I bring uh, him I above know. Trent Dilfer right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, he's he's obviously getting the job done, but he's got a hell of a supporting cast. Uh, Derek Henry. Uh, there's a hell of a supporting cast right there. When you got a run game that can do what he does, it opens up the, the field in every other aspect. It, yeah. it helps your defense uh, get get uh, more wind back in them in between them going out and being on the field. It gives, you know, if you're up, you don't have to always constantly try for that pass. Even though it's a four- or six-yard pass, you don't always have to do that. Man, you can get – three to five yards on a run easily. Yep. And he's got the, he's got good enough receivers that when they're putting eight, nine, 10 men in the box, that he is able to complete those over the top one-on-one matchups on the outside. Um, My surprise team is the bears, man, the bears, you know, Hey, they're playing great, outstanding football. They're a conversation that needs to be had in the NFC. Um, I still think they're a a step behind the Packers in that North division, uh, who is still behind the undefeated Seattle Seahawks. But I still think that they are very – I put them right there with Tampa Bay. I think they're they're very affordable, and you have to pay attention to them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, so let's move to our last week's disappointments. Um, I got, I got, I got Zeke Elliott, man. I got Zeke Elliott. You are playing terrible football, and the reason why I'm going this because he hasn't been playing good football all year. Mm-hmm. I I say this because of your your heartfelt interview. After the game, when Dak goes down, um, your heartfelt interview with Keyshawn via, you know, Zoom meeting and the dedication of the season and your performance to Dak, your your draft mate. You know I mean, those guys came. You said Zoom meeting. Should I go get there? Should I start reenacting the Zoom meeting with the the lotion and the the Kleenex from whatever that dude's name was? The dude what? from the New Yorker and CNN. Oh, man. 
Hey, Jesus, sometimes you gotta milk the old one-eyed snake. I want to make sure your camera is off. Or don't do it during the Zoom meeting. Yeah, I don't understand that. <laughs> I, I mean, anyway. <laughs> I mean, put the camera being on. Let's not do it during the Zoom meeting. Yeah, I mean, you got to have some kind of control. <laughs> I mean, you're like, hey, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's literally, I got to go. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, Tom. Tom, Tom. Right. Tom. Holy shit! Did you hear that one lady go? Oh my! Oh no! Shit! Oh! Now, now he's getting ready to get a sexual <laughs> harassment cards as well because she felt violated. I think she I, had to hear it. I felt violated. Fuck it. Let's do it. Let's get a uh, a little black and white sports civil suit against CNN. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but real talk, um, that performance that you gave, I mean, and your first four, and he's the reason why owners are not giving running backs huge deals in their second contract. In your first four years in the league, you have four fumbles. That equates to one fumble a year that you lost. In the first five games of this particular season, you have four lost fumbles. Not how many fumbles you have. You have four lost fumbles, which led to you being benched, which led to them having a backup in the game, and you're standing there double nose rings with me. Feed me, feed me. That's what you expect from an OSU running back. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I didn't know what y'all thought. Gotta get it in there, folks. I mean, I didn't know what y'all thought y'all was gonna get out of that situation, man. But you know what I mean? That's what you get. That's what you get. That's what you get. Sorry. He's he's the the biggest letdown. You're the best player on the football team, and you're you're leading by the the great example because all of them suck ass players are following your lead. You're terrible. And my team, the Browns, way not to show up for one of the biggest games of your forward movement. You didn't have to lose. You didn't have to win the game. You could at least try to compete in the game. Like, I understand my defense is really good, but damn. 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 At some point, that had to be. They made your defense look like complete all-star team. I'm not saying they're not good, but come on, I mean, I'm with you. I like to hype them up as best as anybody else, but Damn. (laughs) <laughs> like I get it, Becker, you was hurt. The Reds was hurt. They really hurt now, right? <laughs> Obviously, you didn't pay your offensive line well enough because they, they didn't give them those ice shit. gloves, man. Yeah, they didn't give two shits about your ribs. They just let you get hit. Mm-hmm. You went back to, oh my god, I'm scared. Let me throw something up. But he does have great commercials. He does. He does. My team, my uh, player is Kirk Cousins, man. Uh, I don't know what happened to him. You like that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, Kirk Cousins. Don't know where you went, man. Speaking of teams, I'm going to stick with yours, the Vikings. 
where are you? I mean, you you made Atlanta look like they were a really good team. And I really thought at first, I'm like, okay, this is going to be normal Atlanta. They're going to be up 20 nothing, and then get pummeled the rest of the game. No, no. Minnesota didn't feel like showing up until third, about halfway through the third quarter, and then they decided to do something, but a little too late. Too little, too late. I don't know. Get your shit together up there before Skull goes, no, no. Yeah, there you go. Business appointments. Kirk Cousins, Zeke Elliott, Vikings, and the Browns. All right, let's get into last week's picks. Um, best game, we both went I kind of, We both went with the Brown Steelers. I kind of added the Packers-Bucks. Uh, both Neither games, one of them. all games were terrible. Yeah. I mean, for the outcome, for me, it was really good, good, but. <laughs> I expected a, a, a better game, Play a little game. more heart from Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, maybe they'll show up later on in the season when we finish it off, and then we won't be playing for nothing. And we won't be playing. So, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. we both but, uh, picked the worst game. <laughs> uh, yeah. Washington. Yeah. New yeah. York. Eh, nobody really cared. Yeah, I, think the, I think the Wubble, I think the Wubble ratings were higher than. <laughs> Man, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> we both picked the, the Chiefs and the Bills as an intriguing game. Uh, Chiefs showed up and showed that there's a reason that they are on top of the AFC. Tied from your words. That, well, they're on top. They're on top of the mountain. They're on a plateau. They're on the plat the, the plateau of the mountain right now. Um, the game didn't pan out as well as I expected to. I thought Buffalo trending would uh, compete a little more than what they did. Um, they forced seven, I mean, they forced uh, Kansas City's hand to do something that you traditionally don't see a Andy Reid team do. But the way they dominated the run game and then you come back and add Le'Veon Bell for next week, that adds a whole nother dimension. I'm still not sold on Le'Veon being productive because you really haven't seen good football from him in about three years. Right. So, um, well, the, the reservation is still out on that one. But, I mean, with the added hype, this offense is going to be really tough to beat. Um, so that's what I was really like to see, the dominance of the run game. And <clears throat> we'll see how people approach it coming from there. Yep, that we will. Now we'll move into this week's games. Let's start with the most intriguing game. Um, you got you the Bears have, and the Rams. I do. I do. I like that pick. I like that pick, but I don't think it's going to be as intriguing as the Bucks and the I mean, I wanted to pick that too. I, man, did. I think that's going to be. I think that's going to be a barn burner, baby. I think oh. Tampa Bay and Las Vegas is going to be a hell of a fight. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to lean towards um Vegas. I'm going to lean towards lean Vegas. Towards who? Vegas. Vegas? Yeah. yeah, hey, hey, man. Um, I do like. I really wanted to pick this. Game. A, I mean, look, Derek Carr is not a. He is not a joke. He is not. Uh, and I'm not saying maybe he's 
top three, top four, but I mean he's he's up in the in the top part of the the mid tier. I should okay. say. Okay, I just wanted to see where you were going. Uh, with that. Like, I'm gonna say like <laughs> maybe eight to twelve ish. Uh, say uh, maybe 10, 10 to 15. fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. See, we're 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 ishing. We're ishing. Yeah, outside of the top ten, yes. Well, maybe tenth. Maybe tenth. Ten. Ten. Ten point nine. Nine point nine 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 nine. No, I think that's no, no. really good. <laughs> His offense, his offense versus Tampa Bay's defense that we discussed, I think it's going to be a hell of a showdown. Wow, but I think Brady gets it because his offense is clicking. I don't know. We've seen – well, so is, uh, so is Vegas, is honestly. I mean, yeah, but I saw, have more – We saw him in a shootout. We saw him in a shootout yeah. with MVP. But you're not going to get in a shootout with against Tampa Bay's defense. No, but their offense – That's the key. Is it, is it, That's the key. Well, they may have been. It may be a normal Tom Brady offense where kind of first few games are getting this shit together, and then all of a sudden, boom. I don't see it happening that way. I still see, I still see Tampa Bay being definite contenders, but I don't see it happening like you know thirteen and three type shit or something like that. No, nah, but this is definitely going to be on their ten or their eleven win season. Mm. <laughs> no. Uh. So. Um, I got the Bears and the Rams, man. Uh, for one, I like the way the Bears are trending. And the Rams have looked pretty good the last couple of weeks. So in the NFC, this is a second-tier game for the NFC. Um, this is going to be that team that's going to be at that low level or that extra addition. Not the extra addition wild card, but it's going to be that solid wild card team. This is going to be a really good game. All right. There you go. Worst game. The NFC East is holding the bar steadily across the board in the worst-case scenarios of the NFL this year with you picking the Cowboys and the Indians facing off as the worst game and me picking the G-Men and the Bird Gang. Because, honestly, with my pick, it could honestly be one of two ways. It could be a dog fight to the end of two shit teams right now. Or honestly, it could be a major blowout. I'm going with blowout. Blame and I'm God. going for the Jagles. It better be, man. It better be. We need a big win. We are in dire need of a big win. But I don't know. Like I said, worst worst game regardless of what happens because it's either going to be a blowout that nobody really wants to watch but me because I'm finally happy that I'm watching my team win or it would be a dogfight and I have no nails come 430. Is that thunder? The, oh, yeah. It's, I'm looking out the window now and it's raining. Holy crap, holy. <laughs> Everybody, I heard that through the headphones, bro. It's like, what the? <laughs> um, all right, so, um, yeah, I got the Cowboys in Washington. Other than the Cowboys suck and the Washington suck just by default. Um, I don't know who to pick. I'm going to pick the one who doesn't suck the pick for the Rivera, man. I'm picking for I'm, Rivera. Yeah. I want the Indians to win to for one. Obviously, they're both in my division. I could care two shit. I could give two shits less who wins this game. Technically, I probably necessarily really want Washington to win anyway, but they do have 
they do have a win over us already. So I'm kind of torn on that. But let's just go say, screw it. I'm going with Rivera because he's a badass coach. I'm going with Rivera because I want the colors to win for once. <laughs> I was going to say something. I'll say it after when we're off air. <laughs> because I think you would find this funny, but I don't know if the world would. The world's not no, necessarily <laughs> ready for all of my jargon. No, no, no. That is. Mm-mm, mm-mm. All right. Best game of week seven. The week only matchup three. between undefeated teams. Yep. You got, and this is the first road, true road test for the Steelers. We've had the last four games with the crib. Now you got to go down to uh, Nashville and play the Tennessee Titans, also undefeated. Uh, both teams are 5-0. This game was supposed to happen two weeks ago, and this was supposed to be both of those teams by weeks. So it really doesn't make that big of a difference or sets an advantage for either one. Tennessee coming off a very dominant performance on a week that surprised everybody with uh, being not allowed in their facilities. And this is something that um, uh, strains me. They do the review of the COVID-19 and they find that they are in compliance, but they still might be facing fines. I don't understand that. There's something... And obviously, we don't know the whole story because it obviously, I would hope, would make more sense to us if we did have the whole story. Something's not adding up. I I don't agree. It kind of reminds me of you aren't found guilty in a criminal case, but you're found guilty in a civil case for the same thing. How can I be in a civil case if I was found not guilty in a criminal case? Uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. So, well, but same anyway. way if, if if I shoot somebody for uh, self defense, let's say somebody breaks into my house and I shoot them, I can't. It's self defense, but I can still get sued in civil court by the family. If I'm found not guilty or or it was self defense, you shouldn't be able to sue me. How are you suing me when your dumbass kid broke into my house? Oh, well, <laughs> but yeah, back to football. Uh, just just hey, yeah, system back to football. So yeah, Tennessee, an absolutely amazing run game. Uh, Derrick Henry, you know the conversation. Could be had. Is he going to is he going to challenge that two thousand yards for the rushing? You know what I mean. The way they run him and how easily he runs the ball with such aggression and with such such pads, um, it's going to be hard to stop. But he's going up against this defense that's stifling against the run. They've had one guy who had a a run over uh, fifteen yards the whole season. He got a seventy two yard touchdown run. Um, you know how many yards he finished with the game? Like under 60. <laughs> under 60. Yeah. But <laughs> so Derrick Henry, I mean, man. I mean, it's Derrick Henry, but it's also a Steeler defense that you have been accustomed to over championship years. 
very stifling on the run, and they get after the quarterback. You got Stephon Tuitt and Hargrave right there in the middle who eat up all inside runs, and you got um, um, Dupree and Watt rushing them outside edges on a quarterback that just doesn't move all that well for those type of rushes. And now you say, well, if you get past them, Dick Henry buses through that, but you got these linebackers that crash down and don't miss open field tackles, and there's no better game-tackling defense in the NFL right now than the Pittsburgh Steelers. If I was and Tennessee, if I was Tennessee against Pittsburgh, what I would do is I would be using the slant routes, the short slant, the short ball, short passing game, uh, because you're they're, the linebackers are going to be playing Derrick Henry. You know, they're going to be watching him. They're going to be stalking him and spying him the whole game. Because uh, like you said, you know, Tannehill's not an actually a running, quote-unquote, running quarterback, outside-the-pocket type guy. He's his pocket passer. He can move if need be, but not as graceful as others. And then you got Derrick Henry. You know, they could, he could pounce. He could take it outside. He can go wherever and do whatever. But that right there is going to open up the play-action quick pass. That's how they are going to beat Pittsburgh. I'm not saying it's going to be a huge a huge victory for uh, points-wise, but I really think being in Nashville, being away from uh, away from home for after a while, uh, I think this is the best time that the Tennessee Titans can beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think they will. No disrespect to you and your team. I'm, I really do think that Tennessee pulls this game out. Um, I like it. I don't agree with it, obviously, for different <laughs> well, reasons. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do agree with you. There's going to be a big setback on the Pittsburgh defensive side with Devin Bush being lost for the season for the ACL. Uh, but we have great backups that was behind him. You hadn't really heard a whole lot from Devin Bush because of all of that linebacker play. The difference is our secondary is much better than years past, and they grew up a lot with the leadership of Mika Fitzpatrick last year. You got Hayden, and the thing is, you used to eat their defense up last year and the year before in the slot. Now we have three outside corners playing all three positions, so you're not going to be able to throw somebody in the slot and really take over a game. Plus, I don't see the uh, Tennessee wide receivers being able to adjust like that to play outside and to be able to run routes in the slot. You know, I mean, if it was an Odell Beckham situation with a better quarterback, maybe, but I don't see that. Um, that and then that secondary also are very good tacklers. You know, what I mean, so I think that's going to be the key. And with the speed on the outside, you're going to have to have Tom Brady, Drew Brees, um, um, what's the um. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson type ball release quickness to do any type of play action on that defense. Play actions give you sacks against that defense. So you're going to have to be one, two, one, two, three quick slant drops, and you're going to have to do them without creating picks. And that's going to be the deficit because they're going to take, I mean, I don't think he gets 100 yards. I think he's going to play a role. He's going to get his yards because he's Derek Henry. But he's not going to get 100, 100, 200, 200 yards on that defense. They're going to force Ten Hill to throw the ball, and I don't know if he can do it. There you have it, folks. Taco Tuesday! I love it, man.
I love it. About powered by First Financial Bank, Mr. John Wayne Buzzer. 317-417-8582. Call John tomorrow during regular business hours for all your banking essentials and accessories. I love it. I love it. If you're looking for, oh, there she is. The Pew Pew Girl has finally joined us. If you are looking for a uh, any type of bank account, loan, mortgage loan, business loan, such and everything, get with John, 317-417-8582. And Sean Nugent over at Talking to Tucker at Tucker Realtors, 317-503-8322. Call Sean if you're buying or selling your home. You want to take it with a rock star? You want to be on the stage with the rock star himself? Call him. Talk to Sean or talk to Tucker today. 317-503-8322. Damon, it's been fun as always. What? What an excellent season two premiere. I like it. I like it. So what do we do, Damon, in season well, two? We do the same thing we do in season one that we do every season is we keep Indy as sporty as we possibly can, baby.